You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Just wanted to let y'all know that Natalie and myself will be at the LA Art Show again this year. We will be podcasting Friday, February 7th and Saturday, February 8th at 6 p.m. at the Dialogues LA stage. And we'll also just be around the show. So we'd love to meet up with any of you LA listeners that might be around. Should be a good time. You are about to listen to a reboot of a baby episode originally released May 17th, 2018 on one of my absolute favorite artworks, Spiral Jetty. I'm also working on a playlist to accompany this one, so be sure to check our Spotify for that. It'll also be linked down below. And enjoy! We are history babes. Art History Babe Briefs. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Natalie. And we are the Art History Babes. Today, we have a very exciting baby episode. I have just been like super jazzed researching about this all week. It is one of my favorite works in the entire world. I'm like getting all tingly just thinking about it right now. (laughs) But before we do, I know this is a baby episode and we don't really like do the banter thing and whatever. But can we just like for a minute talk about the Met Gala? Because I feel like we should talk about the Met Gala. (laughs) It just happened. It just happened. It's probably been, if you're like even somewhat interested in art or culture or society. Yeah, I feel like like it's got a big draw. Yeah, it's been like everywhere. And the theme this year was Heavenly Bodies, something, something Catholic imagination, which is like Hmm. quite the theme. (laughs) And, um, And it was amazing some of my favorites so like ariana grande did you see hers uh-uh. she did this beautiful gown that was like the sistine chapel essentially was painted on her gown whoa <laughs> yeah and then zendaya as joan of arc was incredible like the chainmail gown yeah and then I like the showstopper of the night of course was pope rihanna like rihanna dressed as the actual pope pope riri (laughs) and it was amazing it was like oh god such a power move i love it so much i don't know i have kind of followed the met gala before but this this one was like exciting to me in a way that's an art historian yeah right like i felt like they really got a a theme that integrated well with art and like they really went all out with it like they re like really got in to the art and the history and like the you know the deep connections there in like a very creative and interesting way yeah honestly I didn't know that they had themes before this year yeah I don't I think didn't I, I don't think I ever really paid that much attention Mm-mm. or they just never had a theme that interested me enough to really see any continuity like yeah. this is this is a theme it is a theme that is fully fleshed out and also, it was a Vatican-approved theme. They got the Vatican to sign off on it, FYI. So to all the people out there, 
that have been, for some reason, up in arms about it. <laughs> the Vatican gave the okay. But also for those people out there making hilarious memes about the Vatican being mad, keep doing that because that's great. Yeah. The <laughs> one the one you showed me the other day where it was Pope Francis's Twitter account and then they had a picture of Pope Rihanna. And then what did he say? He said, um, my culture is not your prom dress. <laughs> yeah. And then it was said something about cultural appropriation. Uh, that one was pretty good. Yeah. Was, <laughs> um, well uh, done. But some someone pointed it out. Like a lot of like Protestants are mad. And I'm like, it's it's not even your sect, bro. Like yeah, you walked away a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, Let that is, go. Yeah. Right. Um, like this is. This is Catholicism and like and the costumes weren't like they were deeply Catholic, <laughs> like deeply Catholic in theme. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Maybe they were offended because they were Catholic. <laughs> Maybe that's really like what the crux of it is. Yeah. And they're like, why weren't they all just wearing white robes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining like a like a puritanical yeah. theme <laughs> next year. Next year. Everyone will be like Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Horrifying. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyways, I, as someone who's always kind of been like, yeah, whatever about the Met Gala, not uninterested, but not like super into mm. it. I definitely felt a lot more into it this year. Agreed. Um, and yeah, lots of cool memes. Like we've shouted them out before, but tabloid art history was obviously all over this and like had amazing, like, like as it was happening, mm -hmm. amazing comparisons mm -hmm. to like paintings and it was great. They were like live tweeting it. And it was fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, if you haven't, check out the costumes. It was a fun year. If you have thoughts on just like the interconnection between like art and fashion and Catholicism and religion and history and all the layers that were actually happening at this big, ostentatious, silly event. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely email us. Let us know. Let us know. Uh, and you guys have probably all been wondering really hard what Corey's favorite piece of artwork is because we introduced it like oh. five minutes ago did i not say oh my god it was fantastic you <laughs> you were like my favorite work oh and i feel like we have to say something about the met gala and you just dropped it so they're all probably like Ooh, i mean i guess they can it, just it, look at the title it's, it's on the title it's in the title it's in the title never mind but still that's great that's a good moment okay coming back around <laughs> that i think that is a good kind of um look into my mind because i do that a lot <laughs> like i have a tendency to like jump from one idea to, to the next but they're they're both like very thought out in my head it mm -hmm. just like I, I forget the connection in there somewhere I do that too I kind of think everyone does maybe that's not true but it makes me feel better so yeah. I think that everyone does <laughs> but one of my just favorite things about life spiral jetty spiral jetty it is a spiral jetty I love it we're gonna talk about it and here we go Robert Smithson was a 20th century writer, critic, and visual artist. His work was largely engaged with the conceptualism and minimalism of the early 1960s, and he is often considered a post-minimalist. His sculptures were meant to flip the viewer's perception of sculpture on its head. These sculptures are often constructed or distributed materials and or mirrors, and they engage with various spaces in a way that encourages the viewer to question the sculpture and its relationship to its location. He is best known for his integration of photography, sculpture, and land art, particularly in the case of his widely known and incredibly influential work, Spiral Jetty, which we will be discussing today. Right now. It's happening. Right now. Spiral Jetty is a massive earthwork made from over 6,000 tons of black basalt rocks and dirt. 
The rocks are formed into a coil 1,500 feet long and 15 feet wide, spiraling counterclockwise. It was constructed by Smithson with the help of several assistants in 1970. The construction of Spiral Jetty was documented in a 32-minute film of the same name, clips of which can be found on the internet. However, I've tried multiple times and I can't find the whole thing. Um, I think you can find it in like libraries at different museums and stuff like hmm. that but i have not been able to find it online if you have been able to please email me that link yeah <laughs> um like right now yeah but and then there's also a book um which i actually had in my possession i think for the entirety of grad school because our library had it and it's a book that was released kind of in tandem with spiral jetty and Robert Smithson's a writer, a really beautiful writer. And so there are a lot of essays by him mm. about the construction, about the piece, about all kinds of things. And they're really just beautifully written. Over the past 40 years, this work has undergone several transformations as a result of its integration with the natural landscape of Utah. These transformations highlight the work's central theme of entropy. The work was constructed on the northeastern shore of the Great Salt Lake near Rosal Point, Utah, about two hours outside of Salt Lake City. The Great Salt Lake is what is known as a terminal basin, which is a fully contained body of salt water that fosters very little life. Terminal basins are pretty rare, and terminal basins of this size are incredibly rare. In fact, the Great Salt Lake is the largest terminal basin in the northern hemisphere. This adds to the mystique surrounding this particular location. Smithson chose the Ro Rosal Point shore for the work due to its red hue in the water, caused by salt-tolerant algae. Smithson considered this red coloration to be evocative of the primordial sea. Smithson was also attracted to the industrial remnants scattered throughout the area, including the Golden Spike National Historic Site and remaining oil rigs. So the... Like the effect of these oil rigs and the Golden Spike National Historic Site is really like very interesting and not something I really expected when I first went out there because it's really, really remote. And then you just have these like a few like standing oil rigs like out in the shore and it's like kind of super eerie. So it kind of adds this like mysterious element to what's going on. And that was intentional on his part. Like he liked those elements. Yeah. Also just the industrial landscape versus the natural landscape was also something he was concerned with and thinking about but also on top of the whole like mystical like mystical aspect he actually part of his reasoning for both the spiral formation and doing it on salt lake is that for a long time because salt lake is this huge terminal basin there was this myth that it there was a whirlpool that actually connected Salt Lake to the Pacific Ocean. Whoa. Right? The Spiral Jetty is kind of a shout out to that myth mm. of how Salt Lake was created. So many layers. I know. <laughs> it's so good. Spiral Jetty was designed to be affected by the elements. As previously mentioned, a primary theme of the work is entropy, which can be thought of, in this case, as the gradual decline into disorder or the process of decay. The sublime is clearly an underlying theme as well. The work is in direct interaction with a vast natural landscape that is very powerful on its own and certainly capable of stirring up all of those complex emotions that come along with facing the sublime. So think like poster boy of the sublime, Casper David Friedrich kind of vibe. You've got, you know, the central figure looking at this big 
scary, tumultuous sea. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a similar thing, but it's different because Salt Lake is very still and very calm. Mm-hmm. But there's still this very clear feeling in looking at the work and in looking at the landscape, you're facing something much bigger and more powerful than you. Yeah. The insertion of the spiral jetty into the remote natural landscape really heightens these feelings of the overwhelming power of nature. Interestingly, this work and the land art, earth art, environmental art movement, we never really settled on a name for that one. Like it's kind of had a lot of names. <laughs> Lots of slashes. Yeah. Came to be in the 60s and 70s in tandem with the widespread environmental advocacy that was going on. And just the rise of ideas concerning man's relationship with an effect on nature were kind of being pushed to the forefront at this time. So we were just concerned with Earth and what we were doing to Earth mm-hmm. and, and our relationship with Earth. And it makes sense that all these earthworks came out of that. Mm-hmm. Smithson was obviously very aware of the effect that nature would have on Spiral Jetty. He expected and he kind of wanted the work to decay. Um, In this sense, the work questions notions of art conservation and also raises questions concerning the life of an artwork and what it means to allow an artwork to decay naturally. The ephemerality of the work is a large part of what makes it so powerful. Unfortunately, Smithson did not have much of a chance to see how his experiment would pan out. He died in a plane crash in 1973 at the age of 35. He was actually scouting out a location for another work that was to be titled Amarillo Ramp in texas yeah a couple of side notes on that amaria ramp was completed by nancy holtz richard sarah and tony shafrazi in 1974 and also i found this in my research amaria ramp for robert smithson is the title of an album by sonic use lee ronaldo wow so that's cool but back to the jetty When Spiral Jetty was first constructed, there was a low level of water present. So when it was first constructed, the rocks and mud were kind of like a path that you could walk on. And then there was water filling in the spiral. Um, I mean, if you look at the videos, like Robert Smithson is very much in like his rain boots and like, you know, Mm -hmm. the type of clothes you wear in water, basically like a fisherman kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So like at that time, you were going to probably get wet if you went in out onto Spiral Jetty. In 1972, the water levels rose to an unexpected height and Spiral Jetty was entirely covered by water. So this is just two years after it was made. Totally covered by water. And it would remain this way until 2002. It's a long time. That's just a very long time. (laughs) That's 30 years it was underwater. And in 2002, the water began to recede and the jetty began to slowly peak its way out of the water. Currently, as you may know, the western part of the country has been in some form of drought pretty much continuously for the past handful of years. So Spiral Jetty is entirely dry and it's actually quite a bit of a walk to get all the way out to shore from Spiral Jetty even. Mm -hmm. However, what's really cool now the jetty is surrounded by white and red salt flats. Whoa. Yeah, it's super dope. <laughs> like it looks like snow. Like, I saw some pictures that I thought looked like snow. Yeah, it looks like snow, but you can 
Um, I actually have pictures from when I went out there, so we'll post those. Yep. Um, and it looks like snow, but you can like go out there and then there's in patches, there's like this beautiful, like red spiraling color in the salt flats. It's so cool. Nature's neat. It's it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool experience. So by being able to see and experience this work's life, you are able to experience it in a way much different from that of say a painting that has been continuously restored for hundreds of years. It really speaks to the ideas concerning the passage of time that Smithson was trying to investigate because we we actually have a life for this work. Mm-hmm. And just kind of on a personal note, I, I, I found the work to be visually stunning the first time I was introduced to it in an undergrad. So I really always was attracted to this work and thought it was interesting and intriguing. But by learning about the life of the work and seeing clips from films and photographs from the various moments of this work's life and experiencing it myself, the work definitely came way more Mm -hmm. alive to me. For example, uh, you can find it online. There is this stunning photo of Spiral Jetty at sunset right during the point of reemergence. And it is just the coolest thing. Like it's this beautiful sunset and you just see the rocks of Spiral Jetty just barely starting to peek through. But you can see the spiral. Mm -hmm. It's enough to see the whole spiral. It's really super cool. Also, just another anecdote. I lived in Utah very briefly. And so I met a lot of people that had lived out there like their whole lives. And apparently when Spiral Jetty resurfaced in 2002, it was kind of like an event. And some people that I met that were like in high school, it was like a thing to be like a high schooler, go out and like watch Spiral Jetty reemerge and probably party i'm gonna guess yeah any excuse to party yeah once again just another layer to like this thing's life Mm -hmm. and what it means to the people and the place that it was constructed in the work is currently owned by the dia art foundation in 1999 the artwork was donated to the foundation by smithson's wife nancy holt who was also an important figure in the land art movement and another 20th century artist power couple. Another Ooh. one of them. There's so many of them. So many. I love it. The foundation had to decide how to handle this work in terms of restoration and conservation and decided that the best way to both conserve the piece and stay true to Smithson's vision is consistent documentation through video and photograph. Yeah. So they're currently constantly pretty much taking photos, taking videos from all different angles and like creating this whole body of documentation of the work, which I think is probably the best way to do it. Yeah. It makes sense to me. Especially if he was very into photography. Exactly. Anyway. Exactly. And I think it also, I mean, it's another option to how we think about conserving other artworks even, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and how we might go about conserving artworks that maybe want to engage with these kinds of ideas exactly since ephemeral art is becoming so much more prevalent it's something that artists and art historians and Mm -hmm. museum owners and conservators have to think about like how do you conserve something that was made to decay decay? yeah exactly all right so I have, like I said, he was a writer as well, wrote quite a bit on Spiral Jetty, and I have a little passage that I'm going to read. As I looked at the site, it reverberated out to the horizons only to suggest an immobile cyclone while flickering light made the entire landscape appear a quake. A dormant earthquake spread into the fluttering stillness, into a spinning sensation without movement. This site was a rotary that enclosed itself in an immense roundness. From the gyrating space emerged the possibility of the spiral jetty. No ideas, no concepts, no systems, no structures, no abstractions could hold themselves together 
in the actuality of that evidence. My dialectics of sight and non-sight whirled into an indeterminate state, where solid and liquid lost themselves in each other. It was as if the lake became the edge of the sun, a boiling curve, an explosion rising into a fiery prominence. Matter collapsing into the lake mirrored in the shape of a spiral. No sense wondering about classifications and categories. There were none. Wow. I love it so much. Like that just, it just, it's just like everything. Like he just like did everything like with that. <laughs> That's why I think this work grabs me so much is he's just like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do all of life with this mm-hmm. work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm just gonna hit time, decay, natural forms, life, death, all of it, you know? And it's kind of fitting in a tragic way that he died young, but he was able to create a work in his lifetime that did all of this. I mean, we see that a lot with really well-known artists who didn't necessarily live long lives, but they generally have some works that hit all the big themes. I know, right? And they managed to do it even in fewer works. I know. Just like he did what he came to do. Yeah. You know? Like, With the time he had. Yeah. It's, oh, God, man. Yeah, I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> um, on a lighter note, let's <laughs> get a rare glimpse into Corey getting emotional. This doesn't usually happen in BBs. <laughs> Save that for the bigger episodes. I know. It's just, oh, it's just. No, this stuff's good. It's so good. Um, but on a lighter note, if you're interested in visiting the Jetty, which I hope you are, Another engaging element of Spiral Jetty and other works of land art like it is that you kind of have to go on an adventure to go see it. It's not housed in a museum or anywhere near a museum and there aren't gatekeepers to the jetty. Like mm-hmm. it's it's just it's truly just out there. So it does become kind of like a, a nature hike type of excursion that you're going on. If you make it to Utah, just some tips it's way out there. Like it's really not near any city or anything. Mm-hmm. Like it is out there, you know, two hours outside Salt Lake City. So it's going to be a day trip. It's going to be a whole thing. Also, the roads for the last few miles of the trip are pretty off the beaten path and they can get rough. So obviously drive carefully and have a car that is capable of handling rough terrain because we almost got stuck. Oh, no. <laughs> so just like be prepared. But also that's part of what makes it so cool Mm -hmm. like when we were out there there were a few other people out there but not many i know people have been out there only person out there like you and the jetty like it's it can be a very big experience a very a a good moment to just like introspect (laughs) so go on like a tuesday at like sunrise you will be the only one there so beautiful I definitely want to go to Spiral Jetty at sunrise. I also want to go like in the middle of the night. It would mm-hmm. be so spooky. Uh, um, also, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it for a second. No, 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 no. Uh, I, I do because the moonlight off the salt flats. There'd be enough salt. There'd be enough light. Yeah, and okay, like, maybe. And then the creepy oil rigs, and then the jet. It would be cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe with a big maybe, enough group. Maybe. Maybe. Art power hi- numbers art history babes do spiral jetty camping trip no i feel like you guys would just want to scare me the whole time <laughs> we could do some like witchy rituals out there See? i'd be so scared <laughs> be so good um also fun thing i was really excited about this it was named the official state artwork of utah in 2017 to which i asked do we all have state artwork i was wondering that <laughs> as well is it just utah was utah just like we're gonna do this if so well awesome. they had spiral jetty so yeah, they right. you know that's an impetus to 
choose a state artwork. Yeah, it's super fitting. I don't know. If your state has an official artwork, let us know. I would like to know more about that. But I uh, will definitely post some pics from my time at the Jetty on the Instagram. So be sure to follow Mm -hmm. us at Art History Babes Podcast. Also, we're on YouTube now, you guys. We hit the YouTube. Hit it hard. We hit it hard. Um, And we we plan to continue on the YouTube. So please check that out. Watch our videos. Subscribe. All that jazz. Thank you for listening to this episode. I'm just like so jazzed right now. Like I, my energy is so I can high. Tell. <laughs> like, this did wonders for you. It does. It just makes me come alive. This is one of those works for me. Uh, that's another thing. If there's a work like this for you, I want to hear what that is. Email yeah. us that. Like, thanks for listening to our baby, kind of not a baby. About <laughs> our, our big baby. Our big <laughs> This was a big old baby. This is a big baby. <laughs> On Spiral Jetty. And yeah, we will catch you next time. Bye. Hello. Spiral Jetty. <laughs> the Art History Babes podcast is made possible by support from our lovely listeners via Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash arthistorybabes to help keep the art history babes going and for access to bonus content.